at Los Angeles 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am Sadie Pine slash H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it. But you know what happened? We ran out of those episodes. And then we did the Golden Palace too. But we ran out of those episodes too. So now we're doing whatever the hell we want. That is right. Today we're doing another Golden Rewind where we go back and rewatch our favorite episodes of the Golden Girls and re-talk about them and offer new insights since we first started breaking down these episodes 100 years ago back in 2014. And I warn you, I did time in Attica because today we're rewatching Season 2, Episode 2, Ladies of the Evening, a.k.a. the one where everybody thinks they're waitresses. But before we get into the episode, guys... Tickets are officially on sale for Out on the Lanai Presents, a Golden Girls celebration. That's right. We're coming back. We're coming back live Sunday, September 24th at Dynasty Typewriter. Doors at 630, show at 730. Alaska Thunderfuck's going to be there. Elliot Glazer's going to be there. We've got drag performances, a costume contest, prizes. Tickets are $20 in advance, $25 at the door. You can go to outonthelanai.com slash live to buy your tickets. And for those who are not in the Los Angeles... <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so good. Yeah, you were. For those, of us, for those of you not in the Los Angeles area, you can buy a ticket for $15 to watch the show via live stream. So it's like you will be there in the audience with us. You can buy those live stream tickets at the same link. Um, and I think we're expecting to sell out. So if you're planning on coming, do not wait to buy your tickets. Yeah, if you are anywhere near the Los Angeles area and can come to the show on September 24th, I highly, we highly advise you to come because there is, if you haven't, like if you haven't ever gone to Golden Con or you haven't ever experienced sort of like a live show of ours, this is going to be unlike any other live show because of people showing up in costumes and like all kinds of crazy things we're doing. And it's just such a wonderful what I love about the live shows is you really feel the love from the community. You really feel like, sure, Carrie and I are hosting it and we're kind of the vessels for the entertainment, but it really is everybody just being together in one room and like loving the Golden Girls and maybe taking a moment out of the crazy life that we lead and the news and everything and having a an hour of just silly Golden Girls fun. And it's just so worth it. So if you are in the area please go to outonlanai.com slash live. Scoop up those tickets. They The tickets are $20, and it's it's totally worth it because it's going to be a fantastic night. We promise you will not be disappointed. And honestly, like you said, when you are in a room full of Golden Girls fans, like the only way, the only word I can think to describe it is horny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Everyone I mean, is very aroused and in love with one another, yeah. and it's a horny room. It's a so. horny room in a in a completely safe and consenting and fun way. It's like yes, it's 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 just it's just so much love in the room. You're literally even thinking about it now and thinking of our past live shows. It just warms my heart because I really love seeing everybody and I love seeing their costumes and I love seeing how. How you 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 tee up a quote and the entire audience says the quote back to you. I mean, there's just you don't experience that anywhere else, and it's just such a lovely lovely experience. And of course, if you aren't near the Los Angeles area, do get tickets for the live stream. Those tickets, I believe, are fifteen dollars, and it is that is also going to be very very fun. But if you're near, tell your friends in Los Angeles to come. Yes, yeah. that's all my housekeeping. Did you have a little bit of housekeeping? I did, yes. So, I, if, you know, as many of you know, I do track. And one of my favorite, favorite queens in the world is Miss Coco Peru. She is an icon. She is a legend. She is a Golden Girls fan. There's a great movie called Girls, uh, Girls Will Be Girls, I think it's called. And it's from, like, the early aughts. And it's, like, drag queens playing women being sort of like old stars and the crazy things they get into. It's one of the funniest movies you will ever, ever see. Um, but Coco Peru is just a drag icon and she posted um, in, and whenever I'm out in public and like, we don't know each other that, that well, but whenever I see her, she's always just so nice and giving to every drag artist and comedian. And she's just, she's just a class act. So she posted the other day on Instagram that 
Um, her mom is is a, is a, is a, 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 in her golden years, if you will, and needs some assistance with senior living. And she's she's outlived her savings because so many Americans are experiencing that right now. We are living longer, and the system is not set up to protect a lot of senior citizens. And um, Coco Peru talked said in her post that all she wants to do is stay in her home and watch the golden girls with Coco. And that's what they love to do. That's what they bond over is being able that she can have her own independence while watching the golden girls with Coco. And that is like such a beautiful thing that it moved me so much. And I think the golden girls community should be aware of it. So I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention that Coco has a GoFundMe right now that you can donate whatever you can donate to help mama Coco, if you will stay in her home Remain independent, just like the girls, like the girls said on that one episode that we're there to take care of each other. And we as a Golden Girls community are there to take care of each other as well. So if you have a little bit that you can give to Mama Coco, please do that. We'll leave the GoFundMe um, link in this episode or show notes. And also go follow Coco Peru, because if you don't know about Coco Peru, you are not a fan of drag. I'm sorry. You have to know about Coco Peru. She is a icon. Icon. Oh, that's very, very sweet. Yes, help out if you can, and and everybody send all send Coco's uh, mama, Coco Sophia, yeah. uh, all yeah. the love and and well wishes and and hopes that she can she can do what she wants to do because yeah. that's you know when you reach a certain age you should just be able to do what you want to do and just you be know? relaxed and and live yeah live in a way that stress that free. That's exactly. what the retired years are supposed to be like totally. stress free. But one thing I that... hope she gets that. I do too. One thing that I am very excited about today is who we're going to be joined by. So we've already spoken with our guest, but he is a good, good, good friend of mine. I know him as Cody Silver. You may know him under his porn name, Cody Siha. Um, Siha, I always say that incorrectly because I know him as Cody Silver. Um, But he's fantastic. And to do an episode like Ladies of the Evening, I thought we need to have someone who works within the sex-related industry to give their thoughts and opinions and insight into this episode. And it just so helps that also he's a big Golden Girls fan. So, like, we really, it's a win-win for us, isn't it, Carrie? It was so lovely having Cody on for this episode because I do think that sometimes when we watch these episodes, the way that certain things are handled, we're just so used to watching it on the Golden Girls and the women being called prostitutes and hookers and sort of the sex work being frowned upon and something that people should be trying to get out of instead of a valid career choice. Um, You know, I think having Cody on to sort of talk about it through the lens of his own personal experiences was really valuable and a fun thing for us to do on this podcast. And fun. He's just fun too. And I want to say, because we've already recorded the chat, so a little bit of a warning we really go on some tangents in this episode. So this is this if if, <laughs> if you're not a tangent fan, um, we'll just you know have that speed through button ready and available. But I didn't think we went on too many tangents. We, went on a, we did talk about Burt Reynolds for a while, but but yeah. he's in the episode. But we also talked about my Oprah moment. Like there's a lot of tangents actually. <laughs> Maybe it's on my well, part. Well, <laughs> I will say between the tangents, we there are so many great moments in this episode. We get giddy dorothy which we love uh we get quiet you trash um (laughs) we get waitresses we get the whole dorothy's listen punk attica speech and we get the butter queen story with rose's bitter butter memories i I mean mean, you talk about classic i think stick around for the tangents because you get all those little pickings of beautiful hilarious golden girls moments and and memeable moments in between yes I think, like, if you're in it, you're in it. You're Just in listen. it. Well, let's get into it then, shall we? Yeah, let's take a little bricky break and we'll come back and have our wonderful conversation with Cody. <laughs> so we are joined today... By Cody Silver. Hello, Cody. Hi, how's it going? Also, aka Cody Saya for yes. anyone on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so let me just give the, the genesis of why I wanted Cody on the episode today. So Cody and I go way, 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 way back. We've been friends for a very, very long time. And one of my, and I know Cody is a big 
Golden Girls fan, so I've, I've known that for a long time. time. Yes, that was one of the earlier things we bonded on. And then I love Ladies of the Evening. It is one of my favorite episodes. It is insane. And Cody does a lot of pornography, sex-related work. He's very famous in the sex field, if you will. The Sean Cody's, the OnlyFans's, the Twitter X's, and all those things. So I figured who better to talk about someone, a bunch of ladies being sex workers than Cody. (laughs) I'm honored that you have selected me (laughs) as an expert or a sexpert on the subject. So when we were texting about this, I was like, what do you think? Do you like this episode? And you were like, I think that's probably the most appropriate episode for me to do. (laughs) Oh yeah. And immediate, it's so memorable too. Like immediately I was like, oh, that's the one with Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it is such a memorable episode. It has so many iconic lines that are memed. Like yeah. this episode is incredible. And there's also, I mean, I should was I should say too. One of the things that Cody and I discussed was, you know, is there an episode that has you know an Asian storyline that would be very interesting because Cody is very involved within Asian Asian American Pacific Islanders rights and all these amazing things that are going on in the world, but. There really is not an episode of the Golden Girls that has, except for one episode where there's a right. very uncomfortable storyline with Estelle Getty, Sophia, and is he the gardener? I don't know He's what the he gardener. Did. The gardener, yeah. yeah. And it's it's a little reductive the storyline and the representation of that that gardener. So I wanted to do a better episode with Cody. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that would have been a little bit more. Uh pointed my responses that's fun that is fun we want to have a little fun while acknowledging the inappropriateness of the portrayal of that character i'm glad i i'm glad i said that yeah thank you (laughs) so should we get started carrie yeah oh my gosh i mean let's dive right in the girls have bugs they've got bugs galore um many bugs the women have i I wrote it down because i was like i've never heard a cockroach called this before they have plateria andropolis living under their baseboards um, and the exterminator in this episode, I don't know if we talked about this last time, hmm. but he was actually played by a man named Phil Rubenstein, who played the factory boss in Mannequin, oh. a movie that we covered Whoa. in an episode of Beyond Golden Girls because Estelle Getty was in that and she was fabulous in it. So there's yeah. another fun we did that episode uh, with the connection. amazing drag king Tenderoni, who mm-hmm. is going to be on my show here in West Hollywood. If you're listening to this the day this episode comes out, well then, hey, you can come to Heart on Thursday and see Tenderoni live because she's going to be in town performing, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, we didn't even plan that. That was fantastic. I know, what I a great that. organic plug. Wait, so this actor who played this this what is he a bug guy? An exterminator? He's an exterminator. He committed. Like this actor had lines and he was like, I am going to give and he gave them to us he was actually exceptional don't you think yeah he had good screen time i mean i feel like for these kind of smaller guest star roles they usually don't get a lot of lines of dialogue and screen time but he had a really good amount um so yeah and i thought he crushed it like he crushes bugs under the house um so the girls have bugs they have cockroaches they actually have a lot of different bugs but it doesn't matter because blanche returns home with titillating news and i thought we had to play this moment because yes it's uh i mean this is a moment we should have put on blanche's top 10 horniest moments because she's very horny here and we should play it blanche what's the matter oh girls i'm just in ecstasy my body is tingling all over you will never guess what just happened we know what happened let us guess what part of the middle east he's from (laughs) i just won the raffle over at the movie theater tickets to the world premiere of mr burt reynolds new movie tomorrow night that's nice. <laughs> and passes for me and my two best friends to the private party afterwards to be hosted by none other than Mr. Burt Reynolds himself. I mean, Dorothy's scream is orgasmic. And we get not one, not two, but three of these like excited, jumpy hoot and hollers from the women in this scene, which is kind of incredible. Cody, I need to ask you. Yes. If let's say it's it's modern day and I came into your apartment and I was like, Cody, <laughs> I got tickets <laughs> for us to go see a private party with what who would be the actor, performer, person that you would do 
the B. Arthur scream orgasmic scream for? Oh my gosh. That's a really hard question to answer right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who gets your loins a moving? Who moves you like Blanche against against a door when she enters a room? Um, I guess a lot of my co-stars oh, yeah. that I film with. I mean, I guess I it's one like of those questions. Yeah, I guess it's asking you one of those questions is probably like, I have that reaction every day sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes... I, if it makes you feel any better, Cody, I was also trying to think because I thought H. Allen may cycle to me next. And I'm like, I don't know. Who would I get that? Who would H. Allen, who would you get that excited for? Oh my God, yeah. immediately. If literally, if um, who's the actor? Who's the guy? And oh, God, I don't know his name, but his nudes leaked where he had a really large penis and he was in that drug movie. Um, he In the showers, oh. I'm talking about. And he like, he was in, he played some Michael Fassbender. No, well, no. that's one of them, but that's one too. Yeah. Michael Fassbender would be one, but he's one. Any of the Waynes family, if if I found out I was having a party oh. with any of the Waynes brothers, I would definitely be excited by that because they're all just so attractive, you know, and funny too, which is always a plus. Um, okay. Yeah, I would have answers. I would have answers pretty quickly because I, I mean, oh, you know, Aaron Tyler Johnson. Oh, Aaron Tyler Johnson. Yes, that's his name. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. That's okay. I love that we're on the same page. I mean, we have we we should know that we have the same types. So we yeah. we've known that for years. Um, but yes, yes, Aaron Tyler Johnson. That would his Johnson was special. Mm. Um, let me ask you both this. Yes. What is your relationship with Burt Reynolds? Oh, like when did you oh, discover boy. Burt Reynolds? You know what I mean. I, 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 I a, go ahead, Cody. You want to go first? Okay, no, you go first. Um. <laughs> I think it was a late night middle school Google search. And as it goes, I, I found that infamous photo of him on the bearskin rug. Yes. Just like, ooh, yeah. I had the same reaction as Blanche, actually. Just Is Burt Reynolds pure ecstasy. Would, he would he be a type for you? I think so. Yeah, yeah he's just he just oozes sex appeal. And like that mustache, it needs a good writing. Yes, I agree. I I, I would say that Burt Reynolds is not a type for me. He's more of a predator. He gives me predator vibes, but in like a like a mm. like a fantasy role playing way, like in a sort of oh. like a, like it might be dangerous for the night, but I'm definitely going to ghost him the next day sort of situation because he seems like an arrogant prick. Um, I first oh, yeah. became aware of Burt Reynolds, and I'm 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 older than Cody. We well, Carrie and I are the same age. Uh, so mine was not a Google search. Mine was literally like Entertainment Tonight the scandal when he divorced that had that big scandal of divorcing Lonnie Anderson. And he like lost mm. his Tropicana commercial deal that he had. Cause he was like the Tropicana orange juice person for a long time. And yeah, it was cause they both were in the commercials together, I think. And it was like a whole thing. And so that's when I first became a Burt Reynolds. Carrie, when did you become a, well, first off, does Burt Reynolds make your loins go on fire? And when no. did you become aware of him? No, 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 it does not. I will say <laughs> the idea of, to go back to the first question though, the idea of Lisa, Lisa Kudrow coming to my door, not so horny, but excited. Um, like, um, oh, I'm going out um, to meet Lisa Kudrow. That was, I was just like, okay, there's a the thing. Um, I just felt like I needed to say a name, but I would be very excited. <laughs> my name. introduction to Mr. Burt Reynolds um, came from the 1993 action comedy movie Cop oh, and a Half, yes. which I saw in the theaters with yes. my sister. <laughs> wow. And even as a child, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like when you watch <laughs> Blank Check and the boy kisses a grown woman on the lips when he thinks they're on a date. Yes. I had this weird, like, I was like, I feel like Burt Reynolds shouldn't be hanging out alone with this child. He's eight and a half. And they're just hanging out like buddies. Burt Reynolds does give me a creeper vibe. And uh, like I said, I could stomach it for a night for the story. Like I could take it for the night for the story. And I would probably text Cody the next day being like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what I just did. But I will say one of my favorite Burt Reynolds moments. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go to YouTube and watch it after we record um, is Burt Reynolds losing his Academy Award to Robin Williams for Goodwill Hunting. So oh. Burt Reynolds was nominated for Boogie Nights. Fantastic performance. I thought Robin Williams' performance was better. And when he lost, he gave the most mean, scowling face you will ever, ever, ever see. It was like one of my favorite Oscar losing faces ever. Also, recently, there was a video going around on the internet 
of Burt Reynolds and who's the Double Dare guy? You, you know him. Oh, I can tell um, you. Yes, Mark Summers. Mark Summers. So Mark is a friend of mine, and that yeah. was real. That was not staged, yeah. by oh, the way. I think you can tell it's real. It's very oh. uncomfortable. So, Cody, it's an infamous story. Yeah, for for people who haven't seen it, possibly you should go watch it. But and for Mark people who are maybe closer to Cody's age, before Eliza Koshy, there was a host of Double Dare <laughs> called Mark Summers. <laughs> And Mark Summers was on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And he and Burt Reynolds, they are clashing. They do not get along. They, like one of them threw water in the other one's face yeah. out of the coffee mug. Um, anyway, it's on, yeah. it's on YouTube. You can look it up. So this is okay. Lots of good Will. stuff about Burt Reynolds here. So the women are going to see, it's the world premiere of the Burt Reynolds movie. I love that the world premiere is held in Miami, like not New York, not LA, not Paris, Miami, the world premiere. Yeah. Um. Okay. So they're all excited. The exterminator comes back inside and he's like, Hey, you also have termites. So just to recap, he's told the women now they have silo fish, whatever those are. They have silo fish, water bugs, cockroaches, and termites. They have to tent the house. The women have to move out for two days. Blanche is like, yeah, great. Let's make a weekend out of it. We'll stay at a nice hotel in Miami Beach. Can you imagine if they'd stayed at the Golden Palace? I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Rose. Then off, Cody, just if you don't know. <laughs> Rose is like, oh, yeah. we can't afford a hotel. And I think what's hilarious about this moment is that the women are so concerned about the cost of a hotel when they haven't even asked the exterminator yeah. how much it's going to cost to tent the house for two days and get rid of the cockroaches and silo fish and water bugs. Did they cut that scene? Because I feel like Dorothy was about to give a response when he's like holding the bill in front of her and it just like cuts straight to them i could see really that. i could see them cutting that scene because they they probably just wanted to get to the action of the of the, yeah. of the story you know what i mean because they do then they go right to oh no wait the, you know what i feel like they cut something because i had a question all of a sudden sophia comes in mm -hmm. and she's like oh, you guys are going away and I don't get to come. And I'm like, how did Sophia even hear that conversation if she's out of the room? So yeah. I wonder if Sophia was in the room and then like left and then came. Mm. I don't know. I was I was like, did she have her ear pressed to the door? Because Sophia has all of the information, even mm. though she was not present for the conversation. How do we feel about Sophia not being invited? I thought they were being pretty mean about it by like they're mm. being kind of inconsiderate. But what do you think, Cody? Yeah, I feel like that was a uh, pretty lame on their part. I mean, just the okay. way it was phrased too, like my two best friends. Yeah, not even like I can bring two guests. <laughs> I get that, but at the same, on the same token, I am kind of. I mean, maybe I'm just an arrogant, selfish prick, but <laughs> I think that if I win something, and let's be real, we know that the three girls are. The, they're the best friends and Sophia is more of the motherly figure with this family. I mean, she's included in a lot of the adventures and the fun and everything, but we also, she knows the role she plays and she relishes in being in that role as well, because we learn later in later episodes that the girls are going to her at night and talking to her, getting advice and shit. So like she has a certain role that a relationship with these women and she does play the mother figure. So if Blanche wins these tickets, well then she gets to choose who she wants to bring to the Burt Reynolds theater. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I mean, you don't want to rub it in Sophia's face. Yeah, right. that's where I felt like they were being a little insensitive. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But I'm so, still, who cares? I'm going to see Burt Reynolds. I know, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Um, so now we're at the hotel. Um, I love the configuration of the room. I've never seen two beds that are like perpendicular to each other in a yeah. hotel room before. That was <laughs> an interesting design. Um, and then there's the whole bit where Sophia in trying to get the tickets, you know, tries to trick Rose into thinking that she won the publisher's clearing house. And I noticed, I love kind of in early seasons where Rose has these kind of idiot moments, Dorothy and Blanche are always clutching each other in a way that says like, yes, we are both suffering in this moment, but we're in it together. Like they're like Bill Paxton <laughs> and Helen Hunt and Twister, like just surviving oh <laughs> something together. I loved how they would react to like almost flinching at um, Rose's sweet naivete sometimes. Yeah. Um, think? It's a sincere cringe, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And can we talk about their outfits when they get down to the hotel lobby? Okay. Yeah. So 
Dorothy, I, I don't know what you guys thought of Dorothy's outfit. To me, that's how my mom used to dress me for Easter Sunday, just like head to toe in cream. Mm. I don't know how you guys, it didn't feel as dressed up as Rose and Blanche. Like Blanche with all the like little shawls and like, yeah, you know, her little draperies and capes. I was like, okay. I mean, her, dra for that. her drapery was literally the message. Like when she has the line coming up about the undressing with it, the person undressing with her, the eyes. Mm. That is literally, she wore those draped items so that she could slowly remove one at a time to let him. And he was only halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love the way that they moved that, that, yeah, that like sort of cover up wrap thing that it wasn't a wrap really. I don't know what to call it a shawl, but whatever that was, it, it had, it had layers. It was moving with her. She looked like a bird. It was gorgeous. Notice when and Dorothy enters. So Dorothy, I agree. She looks a little bit like mother of the bride situation. It's like the angry mother of the bride who didn't want to come. So she's wearing sort of an off white just to be like, I'm angry <laughs> to wear white at the wedding. Um, but when she entered the hotel lobby, it's so, I, this is one of my favorite things about this episode and it's not a big moment. No one ever sees it, but I obsess over it. Dorothy comes in and there is like a, like a, like a metal or gold sort of palm tree sort of plant thing. That's not a real plant. It's obviously like a, like a thing that they just put in the lobby and she comes in and she looks at it as if it's like, you know, the Mona Lisa. She's like, Oh, and she's like touching it and everything as if it's like this beautiful piece of art in this lobby. And I laugh every single time because it's such a stupid actor move. It's such like a wild actor move to be like, wow, beautiful brass. You know, it's so funny to me. I'm gonna have to pay attention to that next time. I didn't notice, but maybe she just needed something like busy to do while the other woman like entered frame or something. Um, mm. I also love, so Rose is wearing like this sparkly kind of light lavender dress. And did you notice the line of jewels that go straight right. down like over her bosom? I was mm -hmm. like her and Blanche, they really, they really catered their outfits to the male gaze. And I felt like, like Dorothy was just like, fuck it, cream. And then sure, but okay. Um, I mean, she kind of gives like the mother of the little whorehouse, you know, like she's the miss, the dame. Yes, I see that. To me, that's how I saw it. And I think they lean into those jokes because of that outfit. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, they all, they all sort of portray what we will soon learn, very distinct types of sex workers, you know, very interesting yes. workers, which makes this, this scene so, so great and funny to me. Yeah, so they end up, they sit for a drink. They're approached by a few men, a couple of men from Kenosha. Um, you know, and there's like the whole joke of how long have you been working? And I like that Dorothy acknowledges she's like, that's kind of a weird question to start with. But okay, I guess I've been working for about 30 years. And you know, Blanche says Dorothy's a very experienced teacher. Everyone who's had her says she's great. Um, and then there's a really great moment where the women kind of suddenly discover where they are and what's going on. And I think we should play that moment. Oh, you ladies don't want to party. There are plenty of younger girls who work here that'll take our money. Girls who'll take their money. Do you know what he thinks we are? Waitresses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rose. Hookers. God, that must mean everybody here is... Everybody here is under arrest. This is a raid. Okay, can I say something real quick? It's not going to be PC, but I need to say it within a safe space amongst friends. I accept and I appreciate that, you know, we don't use the word hookers to define sex workers anymore. I think it's a good thing that we do. I think sex work is valid. It should be, it should not be penalized. It should be supported and people should not be shamed for doing sex work because sex is wonderful. Um, that said, I just really like the word hookers. Like I like the way it comes out of my mouth and that I, I like visibly how it looks like I like I like the word. I hate the connotation. Is that wrong of me? I 1000% agree with you. Like, I think it's a funny word. And like, you know, it, it. I think it always depends on your intention behind it. But also the way that B. Arthur delivers it with such a guttural tone is just so iconic. Oh, hookers. It's so guttural is a perfect way to describe that. <laughs> okay. I also, I had to turn on my subtitles because after when the guy's like, you know, reading, writing and running around the bed, 
And the women are like, what? Like, and, and then, and then the, the very first line of that clip that we played, I could not tell what the guy was saying. And I had to rewind it and put on the subtitles and he goes, scusamente. That's what he says. And I was like, I had no idea what that guy was saying. Um, it also just felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. Also, um, are the guys that are around, I mean, I think Cody can probably speak to this with some gentlemen who feel inclined to, or entitled to talk to people in a certain way. And it's the same with drag queens too. There are certain people who they feel like they're entitled to talk to someone in a certain way and they, they're owed sort of certain things. And I love putting those kind of men in their places. It's so it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Wouldn't you agree, Cody? Oh yeah, it feels so good. And like, it's just so baffling the way people feel so entitled and are so presumptuous. It's like, no, you don't have a right to my body nor my attention, especially with that attitude. So nor my attention. That's the important part. No one has a right. Yeah, They can say no. Huh. <laughs> Just because you're interested doesn't mean that they are Carl from Kenosha. Who's the mente? <laughs> Who's a mente? Um, so this is our act break moment in the episode. So I think that we should take a quick break and we will be right back. Let's do it. And we're back. So one thing I noticed that's really fun is if you watch the extras in this scene, um, you know, everybody in the hotel is under some kind of just blanket arrest because they've just, they're, they're doing a raid on the whole thing, even though they don't have any proof of anything. But we talked in the original watching of this episode, how that's just not how the law works. Um, but it was really fun to watch the extras in the scene because none of them look concerned. They all just kind of look like they're hanging out at a bar and chatting with friends and not like they're about to be, you know, hauled down to jail. I just noticed that it was kind of funny. Well, they're, they're women of Miami. You know, they've lived. If you've ever been to Miami, you know, life is rough, but life is fun. You better be ready to live it. I love Miami. Miami is such a... <laughs> Miami is like wild, but I, and I don't even like warm weather climates, but like, oh, Miami can be fun. Have you ever been arrested in Miami? No, no, I've never, I've only been arrested once, but they, I really wasn't arrested. It was just because I was drunk and I was trying to sell a free newspaper in Chicago and they were like, oh, well, let's just take them in to sleep it off. And that's, so I wasn't really even arrested, although they did put me in the back of a car. So I felt very like posh. You have your own little <laughs> escort. Exactly. Thank you for the, yeah. and that's what I needed because yeah. I, I didn't have my Metro card to get back on the train to go back to my apartment in, in, in Lakeview. So I was trying to sell newspapers in order to get back. I was actually being very thrifty. That is entrepreneurial. I am. I applaud your efforts. You. Yeah. Because you could have just like jumped the turnstile or whatever, but you didn't. Yeah. I'm not, You're just a little newsy. I mean, if anyone knows me, I got yeah. <laughs> So getting those thighs over that turnstile, it's, it would have been, I would have been arrested literally just attempting to jump. Now, when you were <laughs> in the back of the cop car, did you kind of have a rose spiral of, I want to live, I want to live. I wasn't even afraid. I was so like, it was cold in Chicago and I was like, oh, I'm warm. This is nice. And it was actually spacious. Like the back of the cop car was actually spacious. I felt very, um, I don't know. I felt like it was like a chauffeur in a way. It really kind of was. I was, I was, I was very drunk. <laughs> um, there is a great moment where, I mean, Rose is spiraling, you know, Dorothy sort of always the pragmatic one, always the voice of reason. She's like, you know what? I'm going to try to reason with this cop. Um, and we end up getting one of Blanche's most memorable lines on this show. So I think we should play that moment. Officer, my friends and I are totally innocent. I'm innocent too. Me too. We're all innocent. Quiet, you trash. <laughs> do you know I do that? And like when I'm out in drag and stuff and like I'm performing and I will say on stage, quiet, you trash. And I will know my people who, when they get that line, because there's so many people, especially in West Hollywood, there's where they're young and they don't know it. So there's so many people who just don't get the line and it makes, it warms my heart whenever Whenever I get on stage and someone's talking and I'm like, quiet, you trash. And it, 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 it gets a laugh, but I love the people who understand it. You know, I'd be giggling along if I was there. Would you would. I also want to yeah. say Rose's breakdown when she has, I don't know if I mentioned this on the original rewatch of this, but Rose's breakdown 
It, it was a reference to one of my favorite films starring Susan Hayward. I believe she won the Oscar for it called I Want to Live. Excla you did mention this at the last watch of it. I do remember. You need to watch that movie because it's very good. Add it to the list. Terms of Endearment and then this. I was, I, I was oh. going to say $10 that you mentioned Terms of Endearment before this is over. And <laughs> I didn't even have a chance to say it. So now it just sounds like I was making it up just to make $10 from no one. Um, so... The women are put in the jail cell. Have we talked about the difference? We've talked about the difference between jail and prison on this podcast, right? And how people kind of use those two words like interchangeably, but they're, they have very different meanings. Yeah. I mean, I please, I, I know the difference, but enlighten people. Well, jail is where you go to when you're arrested, they put you in jail. And then if you are sentenced to the actual crime, you are sent to prison where you actually live out your stay, your, your sentence. Yeah. I learned that from Jim Clemente. He was a guest, former FBI profiler. Look him up. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah we had an FBI profiler on our episode where we watched the murder mystery one. So we really do try oh. to get guests on that feel really appropriate for um, the episode's content. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Cody's mind is just like spinning right now. Yeah, I'm just like, wow. He's like, okay, amazing. What am I doing? <laughs> What's happening? Who are these two? Right, I'm like... <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So they so, go to jail, yes. not prison. They go to jail, not prison. Um, Blanche, of course, like using the tools in her toolbox. She's like, I'm going to flirt my way out of this. It is a female guard who is not interested. And Rose gets pissed at Blanche. Like, I mean, Rose is, she's going through a lot of emotions in this episode. She's like, Blanche, it's always about men for you, men and sex, sex and men. And then one of the sex workers calls out. She's like, hey, there's nothing wrong with being career oriented. Loved that delivery. I think that was her one line. But I was like, it's so, when you're an actor and you just get one line, you can get in your head so much about it that it just doesn't feel like words anymore. And I felt like she took that one line that she had. It was amazing. And the actor uh, who says that line, um, she's played by Rue McClanahan's niece, That's Amelia right. Kincaid. Oh. That was, yeah, that was Rue McClanahan's niece. So keeping it in the family. So wild about Blanche thinking she can flirt her way out of this. Like the flirting is why, and all of her decisions is why they're in this mess in the first place. You know what I mean? Like it's- Well, that was Rose's point. Yeah, but it's not like- I want to defend Rose, defend Blanche a little bit here in that, like, sure, she went to the hotel because there were lots of men in the lobby and it was like, you know, it, it was affordable and everything. But I don't think we can fully put the blame on Blanche for them being in this mess. Do you guys think that? She sounds like me in my 20s picking Airbnbs or hotels, so I understand. I get it. I've been there, girl. I've stayed in. Yeah, it feels like she was just trying to find something affordable because they're again, they're getting their house tented and they're getting like eight different types of bugs and shit like exterminated from their house. That's going to be costly. There also is something to be said about walking into a place or looking at a place or like looking at the reviews and seeing lots of really hot, attractive people say things about it. And you're like, well, maybe maybe I'll have a good weekend. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. And it seems if it's the type of hotel where just anybody can walk into it again, this is why the police raid doesn't really make sense, because if it is an actual working hotel, then you can't just assume that every single person that's in the hotel is is behaving um, in some sort of like illegal activity, oh. like, you know. Mm -hmm. And let's just say right now, they shouldn't have been arrested in the first place. Yes, and they shouldn't have been arrested in the first place. Absolutely. Everything they should have been doing was legal. And if it was consensual, yes. then they shouldn't have been. So Blanche ends up calling the other women in the cell common gutter trash. And I thought that it was a little unfortunate that they chose the one black sex worker to be the angry one. I was like, um, and she ends up confronting the girls. What's that? I will say that actress who confronted well the girls but primarily dorothy she was awesome she like she was very she was good and she looked like she looked like she was going to get the job done you know what i mean which job exactly That's <laughs> <laughs> she's getting all the jobs done clearly <laughs> so she ends up confronting the girls and it leads to a really uh funny b arthur moment that we should play 
Now you cut it. Now you cut that out right now. You're gonna get us all into trouble. And I'm gonna tear you apart. Listen, you punk. You want to fight with someone, you're going to have to fight with me. But I warn you, I did time in Attica. Attica's a men's prison? I know. I was there a year before they found out. Sorry, Chief. I didn't mean to ruffle your... Can I just say, can I tell you guys a funny story about um, doing this podcast and the response from fans sometimes? So... I don't think I brought this up to you, Carrie, because I feel like it happened too recently. But Cody, I'm sure, I mean, you can probably find within your line of work something that relates to this too. But people who love the Golden Girls, are, are they love, they love watching the Golden Girls. Like people probably love watching your videos, Cody. And oh, thanks. when you do something that they don't like or they don't agree with, or if you make a mistake, like there was an episode, I think in the original rewatch of this or in one of the episodes uh, that we've done of this podcast, I screwed up the quote. I've done time at Attica. Like I didn't quote it exactly. And a fan, (laughs) this is so funny to me. A fan sent me a message on YouTube commenting on a video that has nothing to do with golden girls because they refused to leave a review on apple because of something to do with steve jobs and overlord it was a very they were very specific on not wanting to be involved with apple and they said can you believe this guy can't even quote attica correctly (laughs) and it was on the trailer for my documentary latter-day jew had nothing to even do with golden girls so i'm saying this that quote triggered me because um i literally got that like last week and i I thought it was so funny that someone went out of their way to go to another platform just to leave a comment on something that had nothing to do with the golden girls about me misquoting that the the lengths people will go to extol their silly little virtues like that like blows me away i replied i'm so glad they have that much time (laughs) That, yeah, that is a wild amount of time. And also, I love that. I mean, hopefully you're you're um, the trailer for your documentary. You just got another view. And maybe I don't know if you monetize it, maybe yep. you can make some money. <laughs> and soon in a couple of weeks, everyone will be able to watch it on lots of streaming platforms where you can rent to, to own it as well. So yay! there's another organic plug that came out of this. Oh, just... I was in the audience for was it the like the world premiere just like the Burt Reynolds movie? Yes, in Miami. We did not in Miami in Los Angeles at the Paramount Studios. We did not get arrested, thankfully. Although yeah, I yeah, it was really fun. So yeah, we need to we need to blast that out to everybody once it's available because they should all see it because it was a really great documentary and there were some really beautiful sweet moments between you and your mom that I absolutely loved mm. and cherished. <laughs> um, but this quote. I mean, it is kind of ridiculous that I fuck up this quote because it is a great quote from the Golden Girls. <laughs> sure, but you know, we're we're all just doing our best here. You know, we're we're doing this for free. We're we're just putting out a podcast about the Golden Girls because we love the Golden Girls. We're not getting it right one hundred percent of the time. Everybody's uh, gonna relax. We're here to have fun. I also love so- this where she was like, she was like, you know, Blanche was all like, Dorothy, how did you do that? She's like, oh, I work in the public school system. It's not that different from this. I mean, how perfect. That line sent me. <laughs> it's so- it was so good. And so the women all basically, they're like, they all agree that this is one of the most disappointing moments in their lives, given that they won't get to see Mr. Burt Reynolds. And then Rose tells her famous Butter Queen story, which is so memorable. I didn't realize how memorable and how iconic it is, except when we were at Golden Con in Chicago this past year, there was a whole photo op area. It was all set up like the Butter Queen stage where you could take your photo. And I was like, okay, this this truly is one of Rose's greatest stories. Like, And just Betty White's performance and just the writing of it, the juxtaposition of this like just so much pride with butter is so funny. Like even when they tried to like, you know, a trick question with margarine and then her churn jammed and there was butter churning, tampering. And it's like, it's just such an iconic Rose story. Truly, truly. I turned up. I mean, it, she the, the way she delivered it too, it was just like, I, I mean, it just, just, it just shows how great of an actress Betty White is in the most absurd of ways because this story is 
absurd. And in any other actor's hand, I feel like we would be like, oh, I'm kind of bored. It's going on too long. But Betty White, no, she, she gave it all. Yep, she gave it her all. She committed. And then in the jail cell, Rose meets Meg from St. Gustav. Meg's another sex worker. And Rose offers an ear if she ever wants to talk to, you know, wants to talk about it, whatever, whatever. This whole, like, Meg's storyline to me, it felt unnecessary. It was very unnecessary, I think, to the episode, to the story. And I felt like maybe the writers, maybe they wrote the whole episode and they were short a page or two, mm -hmm. or maybe they wanted Burt Reynolds to have a bigger part in the episode, but he wasn't able to commit. It just felt like that, the Meg story, and then her kind of coming back later, it felt a little tacked on to me because it didn't really provide me, anything story-wise. I'm curious to know what you two think of, yeah. of like the Meg of it all. A question for Cody about this, about this part, actually, because this is, this is something that when I, when we originally were texting about doing this episode, it was this moment that I thought of a question for you, because I feel like, and I remember when you were even sort of deciding if you were going to go in the direction of doing adult entertainment sort of, you know, only fans and everything. And you, you were kind of on the fence for a while and you, you were, you were sort of like debating on. And since then, of course, you've become very successful at it and you're very happy and you're very independent because of it. But I'm also, I also know just from knowing you that there are probably people out there who want to extol the virtues of you probably getting out of this line of work and you could be doing something else and you could be do you get that often that people have these that kind of conversation with you um every so often where people are like oh it's not going to last forever and um this isn't sustainable and to which i say like yeah for me it's not um but i know so many people who have been doing it for years maybe even uh rose's age <laughs> as i said it for the uh, punchline but yeah it's um you know it's i enjoy it and it's a lot of fun and um i think it might have been just like a sign of the times too where people weren't as empowered nor um as liberated with their sexuality oh. and, and also so, we live in an age where like i mean you know nudes leaking and celebrities with getting stuff out there and all of those things. I mean, I remember once when I, when I, the, the all, one and only time I ever did anything on the Oprah Winfrey show, I posted a picture of myself, a funny picture of myself on Twitter wearing Spanx and underwear, right? And someone lifted that picture and put it on a porn website called Dudes with iPhones or something like that. It had a, it had a title like that and it was a porn website. And I kept getting all these messages because apparently it was a very popular porn website in like whatever year it was. And and I remember laughing about how funny because I intentionally was doing like a silly face and it wasn't meant to be pornographic and it wasn't meant to be sexual. It was just funny. It was me and Spanx. That's funny. And it turned into this big like the comments were like, can you believe this guy? I'd make that face, too, if I whatever, like all kinds of crazy comments. And I had to like. I had to go through lots of hoops to get the picture taken down, but it just, it hit me that like, oh, well, we live in an age where if you put anything out there like this, it is going to be used in, people are gonna use it in the ways that they use it. And in a weird way, it was kind of freeing for me because I was just like, okay, well, I have no, I only have control over what I put out. So I can, if I stand by what I put out and yeah, we make mistakes, but like, I'm not gonna Wait, feel- when was this, where does Oprah come in? Oprah, so I got asked to do, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's a, probably an important part of the story. I feel like I've told you this story before. I was doing uh, jokes about Shirley MacLaine on, like in my act and a Harpo producer saw my jokes about like Shirley MacLaine and she was gonna be a guest on Oprah, like during the final season of Oprah. And they were like, oh, oh wow. come out and like ask Shirley MacLaine a question because you have this funny bit about Shirley MacLaine. And, lots of things happened because elizabeth taylor was dying then so they were like changing the interview to about elizabeth taylor so i kind of got like muted out but they let me perform for the audience and then they let me ask a different question that they had to feed to me because it was had to be serious because of elizabeth taylor but yeah so i was on the oprah show and that's when that's why at the end of my bios and everything i always say oprah said my name because when right. i my bit on the show before the audience like you know how you warm up the audience they let me tell some jokes and i was doing a joke being like oh well I'm H and she's O and you put that together and yeah, you say ho. And um, <laughs> and then the audience was used to saying my name. So when I stood up to ask my question, 
the entire audience just instinctively said, H. Allen. And then Oprah's or Shirley MacLaine said, what's H. Allen? And I said, H. Allen Scott. And then Oprah said, H. Allen Scott. And that's why Oprah said my name. Wow. Full name. No, full name. Full name. What a moment. But yeah, because of that, I got put on the porn website. That's probably why Oprah hasn't called me since then. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for the two yeah. to, and there it did. Um, so, okay. So it is now Sophia to the rescue. Um, she shows up to bail the women out, uh, except none of them are willing to give up their ticket to see Mr. Burt Reynolds. So uh, she just decides to leave them. What's that? This pisses me off because at this point, either Blanche or one of them has to give up their ticket for Sophia. That's the yeah. only thing to do. I mean, Dorothy should have been a better person and just said, you know what? No, we, we get it. We've put you in it. We put you out. You have to bail us out. You had to come down here and deal with all of this. One of us should be selfless and say, go have fun, Sophia. Thank you for getting me out of jail. Yeah. And I think it should be Dorothy because Dorothy put Sophia in Shady Pines and now <laughs> Sophia is going to bail her out of jail. So, yeah, she should be like, Ma, you know what? Yeah, you take my ticket. Um, there is a really funny line that she has when she's like, I can't believe these dumb cops would think anyone would pay money to sleep with you. <laughs> it's just such a good Sophia Byrne. Only thing you can say to ones you love, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then uh, when she when she, another funny line she has is when she's asking, like, who's going to give up the ticket and none of them. And she's like, all right, I'm leaving. And Dorothy goes, ma. And Sophia goes, don't ma me, you cheap floozy. Uh, and then Dorothy's <laughs> like, ma, how could you do this? And she's like, you'll get over it, Dorothy. And if you don't, who cares? I'm on my way to see Bart Reynolds. And oh. like that, the justice and that callback felt so good. I hope she went and she gave those two other tickets to friends of hers from Shady Pines. And those senior citizens went and had a good old dirty time with Burt Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Her and mm -hmm. her members of the Cloud Society just drinking sherry <laughs> and, and getting wasted with Lonnie Anderson. Um, so, yeah. So Sophia leaves and she she goes to the thing. And then back at home, um, you know, she's regaling her evening with Burt and company. The women are just pissed. They don't want to hear it. And Sophia's like, oh, so Cinderella's back from the ball and her three wicked roommates are jealous. And then she says, Gerald's jealousy is very ugly, Dorothy. And so are you and anything backless. She, man, she had some zingers at the end of this episode. Weird to think how many lines that we quote from the Golden Girls come from this episode. There's a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Big. Big episode. I did, Carrie, I have to say, I pulled another clip from this episode because it's one of my favorite moments ever in Golden Girls history. So the doorbell rings and, you know, of course the girls think Sophia's lying and that she's making all this up. And then they open the door and who's at the door? But 1986's Burt Reynolds. And it is, I mean, literally the girls are like, like jaws on the floor. What would you do if Burt Reynolds walked up to you in if you were in 1986? Cody, would you just like strip down and say go? Probably, I would probably go and find a bearskin rug. Oh, okay, yes. Just like hold it up, you know, and just be like, all right, we doing this thing or what? Subtle hint, like you, it's like it's yeah. like thing behind a bearskin rug, and you're like, hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if, if it were me in 1986 <laughs> and Burt Reynolds came up to me and walked through the door. I would probably just join him on the police force because I would have been four and I guess mm. I would have been his um, partner in crime as a police officer with a child. Oh, see, I, if, I, if I'm thinking I'm that age that I am now in 1986 meeting Burt Reynolds and I immediately would go, tell me about Sally Field because they dated. Mm. <laughs> know that I would want to. Or I would do whatever I could to stop him from having Ryan. Because I'm tired of seeing those Mint Mobile commercials. Oh, oh, is he all the time? Wait, I don't think. Wait, they're... are they? They're not related, are they? Are they? Am I? Bert I... and Ryan? I don't think they are, but I would love for somebody them. pop a Google search because if this I... has, if please, this fact I'm... has evaded us for this long, I hope. I mean, please, it's... please say they're fifth cousins because if they're not, I would love for them to be related. Would explain so much about I a, feel like you know what I mean it really would well Cody while you while you look for that piece of information yeah this clip so yes let's play it 
So okay, I was wrong, but but still, wishful in, thinking in, in an alternate yeah, wishful thinking alternate history. And you know what, Cody? I just want to stop Ryan Reynolds from existing. You can live well, <laughs> that fantasy. You've created that fantasy, and you're a beautiful sketch artist as well. So you could actually draw that fantasy. So there you go. There you Thank go. You. Um, I'm just drawing Burt Reynolds okay. getting a vasectomy. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> this clip. So the girls, so Burt Reynolds at the door, and he's having the back and forth with Sophia. And this line, everyone knows it. Everyone knows what's coming, but I love it so much. I have to play it. Is the roommate you told me about? Yeah. Which one's a slut? <laughs> All I ever want is a situation in life where I'm out with friends, right? And somebody asks, which one's the slut? And we all in unison go, I am. Like, that's all I want in life. I want that light. I want that created in my life, manifested somehow. I love that they got so the Burt next Reynolds time we go out. To... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that they got Burt Reynolds to say the word slut on primetime network television, too. Like, that's pretty amazing. They also had the subtle reference of him talking about his underwear, which also gives me a mental picture that's enjoyable. Like, there's lots of different. Yeah little things that Burt Reynolds was intentionally going, yeah, I'm going to make you feel something right now. He was definitely, he was charming, charming and handsome at the door when he came in, you know, snapping his gum like he used to, you know, I'll give him that. He's, he's a handsome fella, you know, does he, yeah, he just doesn't do it for me in that way. But we've talked about this in the podcast where I'm like, if you're not like Daniel Radcliffe or Jason Schwartzman or like Elijah Wood, you know what I mean? Like that's, I have a type. I have a very specific type. Your type um, there, you know, like you're, you're very much on brand. I did I'm not very much. Yeah. Um, well, we should take a break and come back with our golden takeaways. Okay. Okay. Yes. And we are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Now, Cody, you're new at this, so Carrie and I will go first. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway from this episode? So today's golden takeaway for me is actually more of a golden giveaway. Ooh. I am going to give you a piece of trivia. I was on, I always go to the IMDb pages of these episodes, and every once in a while there will be a piece of trivia for a Golden Girls episode, and I go... Is that real? Did someone like slip that in and they just didn't fact check it? Because this seems too wild to be true. So for the IMDb trivia of this episode, Ladies of the Evening, it said um, all of the actors who Rose mentions that will be at the movie premiere voiced characters in the 1989 animated movie All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I was like, this can't be right because she lists so many you know, celebrities who are going to be at the premiere. So I went ahead and I went on because I loved all dogs go to heaven. Again, another movie I saw in the theaters. I'm hundred years old. And wouldn't you know the voice of Charlie, the dog voiced by Burt Reynolds that I knew that I knew itchy voiced by Dom DeLuise huh. flow voiced by Lonnie Anderson and killer voiced by Charles Nelson Riley. The only person not mentioned was Mr. John Forsythe. Now, I thought there's no way that can be a coincidence. So I looked at the release date. All Dogs Go to Heaven was released November 17th, 1989. Ladies of the Evening aired October 4th, 1986. Yeah. So this was a coincidence. Well, okay. It You mean that they all were in this movie together? That they were all in this movie together and that they were all mentioned. A coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Why isn't it a coincidence? Dom DeLuise was in one of the Smokey and the Bandit movies. So they, Dom and, and Burt Reynolds had an established public relationship in some capacity. I don't know if it was necessarily the Smokey movies or he was in a movie with Burt Reynolds. He did something with Burt Reynolds in the early 80s. And so them being together, I don't know about the John Forsythe part, but Dom... And and uh, Lonnie Anderson, of course, being married to Burt Reynolds and then Burt Reynolds. It actually makes sense. They were kind of an established public friendship. Mode. So you're saying it's like it's basically like how um, 
kind of like the, like the um, what's it called? The guys who made like Super Troopers and stuff, like mm-hmm. the way that those guys, like Steve Lemmy and Jay Shandrasek are, they're all in each other's movies and stuff. That's what you're saying. So it would be like if the broken, broken lizard, broken lizard guys mm-hmm. made movies. Okay. So it's not as, I, th- here's what I thought. I thought that Ladies of the Evening episode of the Golden Girls, like, actually like it made like it, it put it out into the universe like it actually manifested i had to burst everybody who was cast and all dogs go to heaven and i thought that was remarkable but now i've been deflated sorry i'm so sorry but i have i i'm a, I'm a journalist i have to say the facts <laughs> cody did you have anything you wanted to add about all dogs go to heaven it's a great movie we love don bluth animation we do we yes. do great animator mm-hmm. yeah the, the 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 sad story about the girl in that movie too i mean very tragic she was like murdered after it came out or something what oh the girl who did the voice for the girl in the movie was murdered by her father or something google it real oh my god right but or is that the girl from the land before time she plays i don't know about the land before time but i'm pretty sure it's all dogs go to heaven i don't know about land before time oh. though but if if you if you look at the little girl and I'm I'm pretty I'm like ninety nine percent sure it was her father who who murdered her. But she was definitely oh murdered. Tragic. The story about I know. I'm sorry to bring. I'm wow. I am really delivering all the downer Debbie. She definitely went to heaven with the dogs. So there's that. Carrie, can you just confirm that when you look that up, and I'll give my golden takeaway for this episode. Um, my golden takeaway from this episode is, I think we need more famous male actors that look like burt reynolds that aren't necessarily like we live in this world where everyone has to be like ripped body hairless like you know big and tall and all these things and i think we need to get back to an era of male celebrities where there's a spectrum you know of body types and personalities and of course because it's 2023 there's a spectrum of identities and genders and race and there's like a whole spectrum of sort of like that masculinity that that can exist within the stardom of stuff. And I want more of that because Burt Reynolds is kind of like, if he was, he wouldn't really be the hot guy in 2023 that he was in 1986. You know what I mean? And that makes me sad because I would do it. I would hit it. Yeah. I will add on that note, he was giving a little bit of a Pedro Pascal in that last scene with that suit. It looks like his outfit in that new Amaldivar movie. Uh-huh. Um, and with the mustache, I was like, okay, I'm seeing Pedro right now. Which, I'm here for it. Pedro, I'm glad you brought that up because I think Pedro is a great example of a mm-hmm. looking handsome man being a famous and being sort of a, a stud, if you will. Yeah. I love that. Carrie, did you find any information on that? I can't, I can't, I can't even, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm going to start crying. No, it's a, it's a sad truth, but it is a fact. Cody, um, you give yours, and I'm gonna I'm gonna verify this. Yeah, um, I would say that my takeaway is that times have definitely changed mm. since the episode was written and aired, and that um, sex work is valid work and is awesome and amazing sorry that is like so simple but and reductive but that's how i feel like no i think that's a great sentiment and i think that's something nice and uplifting and also i think an important message for this episode you know because i do think sometimes we forget you know we watch these episodes a little bit in a bubble and you kind of forget like oh yeah they we've really come a long way and, and certain things, you know, wouldn't be portrayed on television today the way that they were back then. And I think it behooves us to sort of call it out while still being able to appreciate and love the show, but to, yeah, to to call it out when, you know, when obviously things have changed for the better. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I have to just give this information just because I can't leave people hanging on it. So the, the actress, the young actress from- all- Why are we doing this? <laughs> you want me to not give the information? No. Because it's no, I just said that Cody, we were going to leave this on a really high positive note, like sex positivity, sex work (laughs) is valid work. I do not want to end this podcast episode about the murder of a child. 
do have to say if you want to find out information on this you people can people have google <laughs> it's the actress's name because she should be honored judith barcy judith barcy yes oh god mm -hmm. i'm like i'm gonna go my baby is asleep right now i'm gonna go wake her up and hug her jesus christ oh. no well i'll add one more thing too after please <laughs> sure i feel like it was a mixed a missed opportunity for them not to make fun of blanche oh how like i was expecting a, a line from uh dorothy to be like blanche they're just like you except they actually get paid you know like i was Ooh, waiting for that and i feel that, like mm. maybe the writers like didn't want to portray any of the girls as actual prostitutes or like and ins insinuate that in any way oh that would have been i, I don't know, know. that I was something like i was thinking about so many cheap shots at those characters that that would have been a really funny joke yeah, that yeah, would like have been such great. an easy line. Yeah, I love that. Well, Cody, Golden Girls rewrite. That's the next podcast. Yes. <laughs> you on the interwebs? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, silver .cody. Twitter is Cody underscore Saya, S E I Y A, and OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash post malode. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Yes. You're on break. <laughs> So many ways well thank you so much for doing this cody yeah thank you so much for having me and thank you all so so much for listening today we will catch you back here next week for more golden girls greatness and you guys know we are a part of mom moguls of media so go subscribe to mom plus because you can listen to all the fabulous pad pod, podcasts podcasts i'm from wisconsin I'm not um, <laughs> on Mom Plus. And you can follow us on social media at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter. I'm doing this without looking at it, which is crazy. Yeah, Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. And I am Sadie Pine slash H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. I'll call it Shitter before I call it X. <laughs> and please, if you have a moment, rate and review us wherever you get this podcast. Because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up, the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of beautiful, horny Golden Girls fans. <laughs> we should keep that in forever. Horny Golden Girls fans. And as always, remember... Stay golden. Stay golden! You trash. Out on the Lanai is not endorsed by Wit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. 